Golden State Warriors basketball. With the seventh pick in the NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select... This is the Warriors Roundtable Draft Preview. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. With the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy. Well, who will the Golden State Warriors take with the seventh pick of the 2012 NBA Draft? And how about the NBA Finals? And what a celebration they will have in Miami tonight. Congratulations to the Miami Heat for winning the 2012 NBA Championship. LeBron James, love him or hate him, he was unbelievable in the postseason. Tonight, a triple-double with 26 points, a 13 assist, and 11 rebounds. Check out these numbers for the entire postseason. 30.5 points, 9.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists a game, shooting 50% from the field. He was the unanimous MVP, averaging 28.6 with 10 boards, 7 dimes, shooting 47% from the field, and uh, put up the last two contests against, or actually uh, put up two 30 plus games early in the series, followed that with a 29-point effort in the game three, and then the 26 and 26 to wrap up the series, and the Heat win in five. And uh, tonight also, uh, kudos to Mike Miller, who had a game he's going to re- be retiring, 23 points with five rebounds, and uh, certainly fighting through back pain. And Chris Bosh, much maligned Chris Bosh, a plus 29 in the game with 24 points and seven boards. So congratulations to the Heat. And you just get the feeling that this Miami-Oklahoma City matchup might be one we will see again sometime soon. But, again, I am Tim Roy, and this is our draft preview show. Welcome to the show. Tonight we look ahead to the draft, which is one week from tonight. And the Warriors will have four selections in this year's NBA draft, the seventh pick. The 30th pick overall, that's the one acquired from San Antonio. The 35th selection and number 52. So it will be a busy time for new GM Bob Myers and his staff. It's a time of evaluation. It's also a time of healing. And in that vein, we'll talk to Warriors guard Steph Curry and newly acquired center Andrew Bogut tonight and check in on their offseason and their rehab. We'll have our own version of mocking the 2012 NBA draft. We'll run down selections one through seven in the lottery with the help of a variety of NBA broadcasters and writers who will chime on in as to how they think their team will go with the picks leading right up to the Warriors pick at number seven. And the KMBR's own Tom Tolbert will help us out with that pick. And next half hour, longtime NBA draft guru Chris Monter comes in to analyze the draft, speculate on who will be there at 7, and he'll give us some second-round sleepers to think about since the Warriors have picks at 30, 35, and 52. Well, a lot to do in this hour. Now, one reminder, if you want complete draft coverage, go to Warriors.com. Our staff, including producer R.C. Davis, have been spot on in their coverage of the workouts, interviews, so much more. Our mock draft is there. And when we come back on tonight's show, we're going to go across the Pacific Ocean and we'll talk with Andrew Bogut on the update on his health as he heads toward a workout. It's our draft preview show presented by Cash Creek Casino Resort with yours truly, Tim Roy, right here on KMBR 680, the sports leader. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. We now continue with more of the Warriors Roundtable Draft Preview. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Bogut to the rack and he jammed it. Oh my goodness. Warrior fans, don't miss your chance to meet the Warriors' 2012 draft picks at their introductory press conference. For more information and to enter to win, call one 888 hoop That's 1-888-GSW-H-O-O-P. And press option 1 or just go to warriors.com. Hi, right, Tim Roy. We continue with our draft preview show, and we hooked up with Andrew Bogut. It was early in the morning in Australia, and Andrew is heading toward a workout as his rehab continues, getting ready for the 2012-2013 season. Tell me a little bit about your off season. How, how's it going so far? How's the ankle? Uh, it's going well. Just, um, rehabbing every day and uh, being able to lift up weights and um, transition out of a boot this week, so... Um, gone as planned, and um, there's been no dramas as of yet. And and uh, so I guess you have to be pretty optimistic at this point uh, with the fact that it's going well. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always frustrating to be injured, but the only uh, only way you can um, you know fight that is everything you can to get back on the floor and, and be healthy. Do you have any projection, any time where they've told you you might be able to start looking ahead to uh, as far as getting back on the floor? Um, it's kind of hard to tell right now. It's still, still probably a little bit early. Um, so we're still, on, I think we're still definitely on pace to be ready for the um, for the NBA season. Obviously, but any time before that, it's kind of you know hit or miss with, with how I go. Um, obviously, tolerating um, pain as I progress through each phase of my rehab. So I'm pretty optimistic that I'll be, I'll be definitely ready for training camp, um, and hopefully sooner. I know it's heading. Uh Toward winter, there uh, is. How are you staying busy outside of your workouts and your rehab? I've got a lot of personal stuff I'm, I'm dealing with over here. Um, um, a couple of business business type things as well. So I mean, I'm pretty you know pretty much all morning I work out. So I usually start at about this time, about eight thirty nine o'clock, and we should have a gym by about one. Um, that's including uh, physiotherapy and rehab, and then. Um, I go and eat, go and eat some lunch, and then yeah, the whole afternoon I'm pretty much running errands and catch up with some, some all the stuff. As we're a week away from the NBA draft, at this time of year, do your thoughts drift back to when you were selected by Milwaukee? Um, a little bit, but not really. Uh, it's such a long time ago now. So, I mean, um, it's going to be my eighth NBA season, so I don't really give it that much thought. I'm more, more kind of thinking towards you know, um, are we going to draft somebody good and are they going to help us? Um, rather than thinking about myself. So hopefully, you know, we can get a couple of good picks um, and then, you know, get our team, you know, recruiting. Do you study it? Do you, do you know who the players that might be available for the Warriors at seven? A little bit. I mean, I didn't follow, follow college a whole lot. So, I mean, I'd hate to be the one making the pick because besides the top three or four guys, I have no idea. Um, so uh, I think the, the scouts have a pretty, pretty good rap on teams. But I know it's a... It's a pretty strong draft, you know, the first, um, probably the top ten, and then after that it's a crapshoot. So um, hopefully, you know, we get, we get a couple of young athletic guys that bring you know, energy to our team and that are hard workers and hopefully find a couple of gems in the second round too. Have you had a chance to, to uh, stay connected with any of your new teammates? A little bit, you know, on Twitter, on email. I'm quite with them a couple of times by text message and um, actually spoke to, to Bob Myers as well about a week ago. So... I try to keep up as much as I can. Obviously, it's hard being you know, in Australia with the time difference and and, um, and all that, but I, I try my best. Yeah, I asked you about the, the uh, ankle. How, how's your elbow feeling? Oh, it's great. Um, I've had no, no drama in my elbow. It's been my third year now since, well, my second year since the second surgery and third year since the injury. And um, the doctor said, you know, when I first did it, that it'd be about a two-year two recovery fully until you stop thinking about it, stop feeling that. And, um, to be honest, Pretty on point. I mean, I'm um, doing a lot of touch touch shooting from close by. Um, obviously, when I was in the boot, and um, you know, firing up a lot of shots a day, and uh, no dramas, which has been great. Lifting weights, bench press, and, and, and all that type of stuff. You give it a little bit of pain, but right now it's been great. Yeah, I'm going to let you get back because I know you're headed toward a workout, but I bet you just can't wait for the day where you're not thinking about or being asked about uh, any of your body parts. You're just out there and playing basketball. Yeah, no doubt it gets frustrating, but it's a part of the job. It's like any job. Um, obviously, I've had two pretty uncontrollable injuries that are, you know, um, probably a lack of luck and whatnot. But, you know, it's how you bounce back from them, I believe. And I believe I'll bounce back strong and have a good season. All right, Andrew, I know on behalf of a lot of Warrior fans who constantly tell me how excited they are and can't wait to see you on the floor, uh, best of luck. Enjoy your uh, your off season as much as you can. We hope to talk to you soon. All right, no worries. Thanks. Thank you. My thanks to Andrew Bogut for his time, obviously working pretty hard in Australia and getting ready for the 2012-2013 NBA season. Our Warriors Draft Preview Show presented by Cash Creek Casino Resort continues with our NBA Mock Draft. We go around the league, different broadcasters and writers covering their teams, picks one through seven to see how the draft will play out leading up to the Golden State Warriors selection in the first round. All right here on KMBR, 680 the sports leader. The Golden State Warriors select Chris Mullen from St. John's. We now continue with more of the Warriors Roundtable Draft Preview. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. 
Well, the Warriors are offering special basketball camp sessions for boys and girls ages 7 through 15 at several locations throughout the Bay Area, including the Warriors practice facility in downtown Oakland. Discounts are available for early registration, multiple siblings, and multiple sessions. Each session also includes two tickets to a 2012-2013 Warriors home game. For more information, go to warriors.com online and registration is available. We move on to our 2012 NBA mock draft and to top it off, the New Orleans Hornets, of course, who won the NBA lottery. The voice of the Hornets is Sean Kelly, and he has an easy selection here, as obviously in this draft there is a consensus number one pick. Anthony Davis, University of Kentucky. There you go. That was uh, probably the easiest pick you'll ever get, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think that clearly, and again, you know, I, I, I'm always speaking from the broadcast booth here, but I think clearly there, there is a, a clear number one, and then I think there's everybody else in this draft right now. I, I'm hoping that those who have seen Mr. Davis play more than I have are correct in saying that he is the, the real deal and, and, uh, and has – this uh, cadre of uh, talent uh, that is compar- comparable to the uh, Marcus Cambys and Derek Roses and others that have been thrown out there and trying to compare him to somebody. So we'll see. You never really know. I know this. He's going to have to bulk up to play at this level. Uh, but certainly uh, it's a guy that comes highly recommended, and, and hopefully he's a can't-miss at number one. So the obvious selection there at number one for the Hornets, just Sean Kelly taking Anthony Davis, the power forward of Kentucky, maybe a franchise-changing type player. Now, the Charlotte Bobcats, who had the worst record by percentage in NBA history, only seven wins out of 66 games. They're on the clock at number two, and obviously they have needs across the board. We brought in veteran NBA reporter Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer, and I asked him if the Bobcats make the selection at number two, who would they pick? Well, it's interesting you say if, because I think that it's, I think it's entirely possible that they will listen to any and all trade offers. And I'm not saying they're trying to get rid of it. I'm saying that um, this is the pick where you really need to be creative, particularly since you have the cap room, you know, that you could do something. I mean, the war, you know, remember the, tra- the, pick, the uh, trade they made with the Warriors a few years ago where they basically traded, uh, what was it, the eighth or ninth pick, for and and cap room for Jason Richardson. Right. I'm saying they, I, I'm saying that kind of creative solution um, that they might look into that. If the, assuming that they're actually going to draft one of these kids, I think that it's going to come down to Thomas Robinson versus Kid Gilchrist versus Beal from Florida versus Drummond from Connecticut. I think if you've got a choice between those four people, and I don't say this with massive confidence. I think that I think probably the safest thing to do, and therefore maybe the most likely thing to do, is to go ahead and take Thomas Robinson because at worst he's going to be a really, really good NBA player. So Thomas Robinson of Kansas, and by all reports, great off the floor and on the floor. He goes to the Charlotte Bobcats in our mock draft. So Anthony Davis and Thomas Robinson off the board. That brings us to Washington. The Wizards have the third overall selection. Washington Post columnist Mike Wise, and formerly a Northern California guy, at one time wrote for the Sacramento Union, a paper that's no longer in existence. So he has the pleasure and honor of making the selection for the Wizards in our mock draft at number three. Well, because of the, this is the mock draft, I'm going to be the mocker in Grunfeld. The Washington Wizards would like to announce the third pick of the NBA draft will be Michael Kidd Kilchrist out of the University of Kentucky. There you go. Now, wh- why do you think they like Gilchrist, say, over maybe Harrison Barnes or, or Drummond? If, to me, Kim, um, and I, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if they took Bradley Beal from uh, Florida before the other two guys you talked about. Um, and I think that's going to be the decision. I think down deep, they realize that the guys who win in this league are the guys who can get calls and get to the line and create their own shots. And Michael Kidd Gilchrist seems like he's one of those players. Maybe he doesn't get that respect from the officials in the first year or two, but by his third year, he becomes part of a, a nucleus of players that actually feel like they can they can get something done and, and move this forward to a couple playoff rounds rather than a lottery. So if it plays out this way, interesting now, the Wizards with the addition of Emeka Okafor, uh, Trevor Ariza, they have Nene there, uh, Blatch is still around uh, per se. They would be certainly a team 
that would give John Wall a lot more options to go to once he makes dribble penetration. Interesting selection there. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist of Kentucky going to the Washington Wizards. That gets us to pick number four in our NBA mock draft. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the clock. The Cavaliers with Kyrie Irving. They were a pretty competitive team last year. When he was off the floor with injury, they were not very good. Akron Beacon Journal reporter Jason Lloyd now makes the selection for the Cavs. Harrison Barnes. I think they're going to take a long, hard look at, at Drummond, but at the end of the day, if Barnes came out last year, they would have taken him with the fourth pick and the fact that he's there now. Uh, I think he's their guy. They're going to plug him in a small forward and let him stay there for the next 10 years. And so then, basically, in, in a sense, you've had, you could have the uh, three and four spot if, if Tristan Thompson continues to make progress, three and four and one taking care of for a long time. Yeah, and if Andy stays healthy, they're comfortable with Andy at the five. Uh, and they're, they're still they're really lacking on the wings, which is why I think that they go the direction with Harrison Barnes. They, their collection of shooting guards and small forwards last year had to be the worst in the league with Anthony Parker and Omri Caspi and Alonzo G. Uh, just not a lot of scoring, not a lot of athletic ability outside of G. Uh, it really, really lacking, and they really need a lot of help there, which is why ultimately I think they'll go with Barnes. So Jason Lloyd taking Harrison Barnes, and if you think about the Cavaliers, when you add Barnes there, you've got Tristan Thompson, a very is healthy, another team like the Wizards trying to solidify their front court for their outstanding point guard. Now we move on to the Sacramento Kings. On the clock at number five, the Kings have had nothing but storylines the last couple of years, mostly, of course, whether or not they're going to stay in Sacramento and whether or not they'll have a new building to play in. NBA.com columnist Scott Howard Cooper has covered not only that story, but the Kings on the floor as well. And so he is now coming to the podium in our 2012 mock draft. Bradley Beal from the University of Florida. And what does he do for Key Smart's ball club? Well, shooting guard by no means is the biggest position need. They have uh, Marcus Thornton there. They have uh, Tyreek Evans. I think they feel like he can he can play there some. Um, but Bradley Beal's too good of a player to let slip any further. He, he, his trajectory should be much better than Marcus Thornton. I think he's going to have a long and very successful career. And at the very least, you take him and then sort things out at the position later. That gives you some, some trade options. Uh, I think he's going to be a very, very good offensive player. So you can tell with that pick, Scott Howard Cooper is a veteran of many NBA campaigns and NBA drafts. He knows you cannot leave talent on the board on draft night. So he takes Bradley Beal, and as he mentioned, maybe sorted out a little bit later on. That gets us to number six and the Portland Trailblazers in our NBA mock draft. The voice of the Trailblazers, Brian Wheeler, decides to shake it up. I think uh, we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go with a little bit of a surprise. I think for some people, there are some folks who don't necessarily believe that uh, this young man maybe deserves to go this high, but uh, all reports are that he had a terrific uh, pre-draft uh, camp in Chicago, and he definitely would uh, fill a need for the Blazers, one of the ones we talked about. Uh, so I'm going to say that they're going to go with uh, Damon Lillard of uh, Weber State and uh, try to address the, uh, the point guard position. So Damian Lillard out of Weber State, of course, we know him from Oakland High here in the East Bay area, an Oakland kid who played four years at Weber State. And Brian, I guess not only is he a very good player, he's been moving up the draft charts in recent weeks, but he's also a guy that could fill a little bit of a need for the Trailblazers. Yes, absolutely. A uh, point guard that uh, I, I think there are some people that feel he still has to prove himself a little bit uh, on a point guard basis on uh, on a pro level, but for what he did in college and uh, somebody that uh, has proven he can he can score and uh, seems to be somebody with a whole lot of potential to get even better than he's been, but a four-year college guy, a guy that uh, comes with uh, a lot of uh, high marks for what he did during his college career, but again, seems to be uh, making a lot of impressions. He was a guy that didn't have to do a lot, as a lot of prospects chose not to in Chicago, but uh, he said, I'm not running, I'm not hiding from anybody, I'll do whatever anybody wants me to do, because I believe in myself, and I'll prove my worth. So I think uh, that's the kind of stuff that teams uh, get impressed by, that's the kind of stuff that uh, certainly... uh, opens a lot of folks' eyes, and so I think uh, he has been moving up the ranks. Uh, there are some folks that felt he might uh, fall somewhere in the uh, back end of the lottery, but I think he has been moving up, and again, if uh, the Blazers, they could also go Andre Drummond here. A lot of people think that might be a direction, but I think there's just a lot of questions about 
his uh, his motor and how committed he is to, to really put the effort in to be a great NBA player, seems to have a lot of the physical tools necessary to be a, a big man that can succeed on the pro level, but I don't think the Blazers can afford to take a chance on somebody that they aren't sure about, at least in terms of their commitment, and uh, little is a guy that uh, there are no doubts about uh, his commitment, and again, I think he feels uh, a need as well, so if you can get a guy that's maybe the best player on the board at this point, and also can fill a need, I think that's a win-win for the Blazers, so that's why uh, I could see them maybe going that direction with uh, with the pick if the previous five play out as uh, they did in, in, in the draft that we're talking about. So Brian Wheeler, the voice of the Portland Trailblazers with the number six pick, takes the pride of the Oakland Rebels AAU team in Oakland High's own uh, Damian Lillard of Weber State at number six, the scoring point guard. That got us to number seven. Now, a couple of weeks ago when we made this selection with Tom Tolbert, Mr. T of KMBR 680, we uh, talked a lot about the Warriors' need inside. Now, it's since that time, there has been some news about Jared Sollinger, about a possible back problem. This happens all the time leading up to an NBA draft. Don't forget Dewan Blair, the starting center for the uh, San Antonio Spurs, have been red flagged because he had no ACLs, but yet he's been an effective NBA player. Another San Antonio Spur going back decades, Sean Elliott was rumored to have bad knees coming into the NBA draft. He had a very fine uh, NBA career. So this kind of stuff happens all the time. So Tom Tolbert went to the podium for us at number seven and made the selection for Golden State. I'm going to go Jared Sellinger. Now, Jared's. once again, Tim, everybody else understands that I've watched these guys from the couch, and <laughs> there may have been a couple beers involved, so I'm not even sure if he's right-handed or left-handed. No, the the sure. east I of the right. east. I know he's right-handed. But yeah, I, the, I like him. <laughs> I like him, and I think they can use some extra depth on the front court. I don't think you have to force getting a three. They have some depth at three. They don't necessarily have one guy that can go out and get it done. And sure, would you like to see some more scoring from your three-man? Yeah, that, that's a scoring position in the NBA. But they have some guys that can shoot threes in Brandon Rush if they resign him. Dominic McGuire will be interested if they resign him. If they do, they can give you some tenacious, tenaciousness. Uh, Jefferson is kind of an all-around veteran right now. But I, I do. I like Solinger because I like hands and feet. No, it's not a fetish. It's a, uh, it's, well, I guess you can call it a basketball <laughs> fetish. I just like guys that, that, that have good footwork, and I think he's a guy that has played against fives. Maybe we'll enjoy playing against fours a little bit more in the NBA. And, look, I'll go back to what I said earlier. I know a lot of people were worried about his lack of athleticism, that he's a four that plays below the rim. That's okay. I'm not expecting him to be Kevin Love, but Kevin Love's the guy that played below the rim, and he's done okay for himself. So, Mr. T, Tom Tolbert takes Jared Sellinger with the selection. How do you feel about the NBA draft? We'll find out as our draft to preview show continues. We'll go to Twitter at Warriors Vox, and we'll find out your comments and concerns about the NBA draft. We'll also check in with Warriors guard Steph Curry and find out how his rehab is progressing in his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. That as we continue on KMBR 680, the sports leader. In the 2011 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Clay Thompson from Washington State University. We now continue with more of the Warriors Roundtable Draft Preview. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Time now to answer your questions on Twitter at WarriorsVox, WarriorsVox. We try to answer as many as we can. We're also going to check in with Warriors guard Steph Curry. I'm Tim Roy as we continue with our Warriors draft preview show presented by Cash Creek Casino Resort and a chance to talk with Steph Curry, who was out recently for the U.S. Open, but he's back in Charlotte now and getting ready for next year. I guess uh, on behalf of Warrior fans everywhere, uh, how's it going? It's going well. Um, been rehabbing and um, spending time with the family back in Carolina, so it's been good so far. A uh, couple more months to go to still get healthy, get ready for next year, but things are well right now. How are you uh, mentally right now? As far I mean, obviously it had to be really frustrating uh, last year. We all know that, but how are you mentally right now? I'm doing well. I mean, still just got to be patient. Um, I did miss you know the last two months of the season, so. Um, to go into the offseason with some more rehab and obviously the surgery to uh, keep battling. It was, uh, it's was it been a little frustrating, but I think 
obviously keeping the big picture in mind that need to be healthy and pass this ankle trouble for good for um, by October. So a uh, long way to go uh, you know, before that date comes. Now, are you able to do any sort of working out right now, any shooting or anything like that? Uh, Stan's still shooting. Um, and a lot of uh, kind of off-your-feet conditioning, trying to you know keep my wind up, not really pounding my ankle like that. So uh, a lot of uh, high-intensity conditioning lifting. So um, And, and uh, my normal, normal resting routine in the summer. So I'll be ready to go for a full 82 games this year. Are you better at working out now and getting your work in than maybe say you were in, in college? Oh, for sure. Obviously, it's my profession now. Um, you know, with family life and all the other stuff, this has uh, been, you know, pretty much a priority of getting myself right. And, you know, there's a lot of different things as a professional you have to, uh, to take into account when you're getting ready for a season. It's not just uh, on the court, it's stretching, you know, massage work, uh, eating right, all that stuff. It's, it's definitely a full time job. Talking with Steph Curry right now here. On our Warriors draft preview show, we're a week away from the draft. At this time of the year, do you think back to that time? Do you think where, where you were waiting to, to be picked? Oh, for sure. This is uh, probably the, the most, at this point of, of uh, my draft process, is probably the most nervous I was. Uh, probably about two or three workouts in and had about four more to go. And obviously once once that week countdown hits, you know, your nerves start to get up and um start to picture yourself. Uh, obviously, I was fortunate enough to go to the green room and picture yourself on the stage with David Stern and um, figuring out what team I was going to. So uh, this is the time where all the talks about, you know, how the draft is going to play out start to, you know, get real. And uh, for these guys coming in, they, you can't listen to it. You just got to enjoy the whole process. Now, you had played the NCAA tournament. You were a nationwide a figure at that point, but were there any sweaty palms at all in the green room for you? Naturally, for sure, there were. Uh, I mean, being in the green room, it's it's uh, a blessing. Just to, I, I guess know you'll be drafted, but not really know where. Um, but you still have you know some some anxious nerves going on, and uh, as each draft pick goes off, you it, it heightens just a little bit. So uh, going number seven. I was in the green room for about an hour before I actually got to hear my name called and um, started the whole media process. So it was it was a fun night. Steph, I know you were out in the, the Bay Area recently. You and your dad got to watch a little bit of the U.S. Open at Olympic Club. Yeah, we did. Obviously, it was a, um, a great tournament. Uh, actually, a North Carolina guy ended up winning a web system, so we stopped by on Friday. Um and walked around and saw the course and how tough it was and all those professional guys struggling to um, break par. So um, I think it was a good weekend for uh, the Bay Area and golf and bringing the major championship back to, uh, to San Francisco. Now, Clay Thompson has been selected to play for the select team for Team USA. Uh, what should he expect in this role? But they play against some great competition. Obviously, the best players in the NBA are going to be trying to represent our country on the Olympic team. But as a member of the select team, he's, you know, his job is to go out there and get better as a player, push those guys to their limit. And he'll he'll be better for it as well. So um, it'll be an intense week of of training and basketball work, and uh, he'll learn from some of the best, uh, as well as Coach K and and uh, all the other coaches that are part of Team USA basketball. So um, you know, I. I Great experience. I'm sure he'll have great things to say about it when he gets back. Just a couple more questions. One is, have you been in touch with any of your teammates this summer? Yeah, most of, all of them. I've seen a couple of them at the practice facility when I was back working out, getting a lot of quality working with our assistant coaches. And, um, you know, obviously, Andrew Bogut, Beedrins, those guys are, are back in their countries now. But, um, you know, guys like David Lee, they're all right. Uh, keep in touch with them. Now in the wire. Uh, Nate Robinson, those guys, we all kind of stay in touch uh, as much as we can. And I haven't seen any of them in person, but you know, we never really miss a beat when we get back into to the season grind. I know it's five years down the road, but uh, what were your thoughts when you heard the announcement that the club is is planning on trying to build a waterfront arena in San Francisco? 
Well, I've seen the the plans and the uh, the look that it's going to have when it's completed, and it's pretty uh, pretty amazing um, to kind of picture yourself. Does that mean your home arena? Um, obviously, moving from Oakland uh, and all the history that we have there, but uh, you know, just across the water, Bay Area's basketball team, and to have that kind of cornerstone uh, arena and right on the water next to the Bay Ridge, which is our logo and excitement that that will bring it should be a lot of fun 2017 all right steph curry i appreciate your time today and and obviously it's an exciting time draft week's coming up warriors have four picks in that draft and you never know a draft date can be a uh, one full of trades and and so uh, maybe uh, after july one we may be looking at a, a real interesting golden state warriors roster and I, I appreciate your time and and good luck in your rehab and look forward to seeing you next time you come to the bay i appreciate it too I hope right. to see you soon. My thanks to Steph Curry. Now on to your questions at Warriors Vox. And the uh, first question we have is from rpiva 511 who wants to know, should the Warriors trade up for Michael Kidd-Gilchrist or trade down for a veteran player and draft Mo Harkless out of St. John's? That's a very good question. I'm really intrigued with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I think he's going to be a very good uh, pro player, and I think it's a very good guy to set your sights on. I don't know, though, if he's going to be available. I think the team that's going to be able to draft him, I think, will want to keep him. When you're talking about trading down maybe for a veteran and Mo Harkless, that's an intriguing a prospect, a little bit skinny, 6'9", 207 pounds, but he can play in the NBA. And who better to know that than former Warriors assistant coach Rico Hines, who is now on Steve Lavin's staff for the Red Storm at St. John's. Our own R.C. Davis caught up with Rico Hines and asked him if there was anything about Harkless's game that would surprise us. I think he's a better shooter than people think. Okay. You know I mean, I think he's a, his numbers from, from distance. Well, you know what I mean? Like the, the three-point line. Numbers don't show that he's a good shooter, but like I said, he's such a worker. It's just about him getting the reps up. Next up, Warrior for Life wants to know about the Jeff Taylor, the intriguing player from Vanderbilt, who had a very good college season. He was in Oakland for a workout. You can see that interview at Warriors.com. And I guess you could talk a little bit about his game, about how he's improved. He's a much better shooter than he was when he first came to Vanderbilt. He's six foot seven, about 213 pounds. He's also a little bit more mature. He's 23 years of age. There's a lot of 19-year-old kids in this draft. So he has the maturity thing going for him. And we asked him about a quote from his college coach, Kevin Stallings. And Stallings said, don't let great be the enemy of good. Here's how Jeff Taylor responded. I mean, as a, as a competitor, you always want to do well. I always like to set high expectations for myself. And my problem when I was younger was that if I didn't meet those expectations, I would kind of get down on myself and whatnot. But I think with uh, maturity and age, you kind of realize that you can't always get a 10 out of 10. You know, sometimes sometimes a 7 out of 10 is good. If, if you try hard and you, you try to do the right thing, you're not always going to be perfect, but you can be good enough. D.C. Hole 1 wants to know if we see the Warriors using all four picks. Well, that's, a, again, another very good question. The Warriors have the number 7 pick of the NBA draft. They have the number 30 pick to round out the first round. They have 35 and a 52. I'll be totally candid. I'll be surprised on our Warriors wrap-up show next week following ESPN's coverage on KMBR 1050. If I'm talking to you and taking calls about the four selections the Warriors have made, I really don't believe the Warriors will hang on to all four. I think they'll be a very active team. I think they'll probably try to trade a one or two of those picks. Uh, the Warriors have a young nucleus to begin with, and I really don't know how much younger uh, they really want to get. I'll be surprised if all four picks are the Warriors' picks on the June 28th. And finally, Dub003 wants to know about a guy that could go in the second round, the six foot seven, 250-pound forward Kevin Jones of West Virginia, who averaged 19.9 points and a good team player, uh, averaged over 10 rebounds a contest. Jeff Coyle of WV Illustrated covered Kevin Jones, and Jones may be one of those sleepers in the NBA draft. As Jeff Coyle explains, he's not the kind of guy that would wow you in a workout. But in five-on-five, five, he can really help your team. He knows how much his game can be different if he's taken out of a college system and asked to do you know, more natural athletic things and, and things that he feels like he would be asked to do in the NBA. Um, I know that's one thing when he was working out last year. He kept saying, I'm a completely different player when I'm not playing for West Virginia. And that's not you know, to knock what he was doing at WVU, but you know, he was asked to be a part of the team 
um, you know, in one specific way. And he feels that he has uh, the, the talent and the other sort of aspects that he can showcase in terms of what he can do physically, that when they ask him to do it at the next level, he'll be able to perform. Kevin Jones, who hails from Mount Vernon, New York, and of course so the McRae brothers played there and of course went on to careers in the NBA. I, Tim Roy, we continue with our draft preview show. Next up on the draft preview show, a conversation with Chris Monter of collegebasketballnews.scout.com. He has covered the NBA draft for over two decades, and he'll run down what he thinks is going to happen one week from tonight on KMBR 680, the sports leader. For the fifth pick in the draft, the Golden State Warriors select Mitch Richmond of Kansas State. We now continue with more of the Warriors Roundtable Draft Preview. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. And the Warriors Draft Preview Show continues. I'm Tim Roy, and you can join the conversation with fellow Warrior fans on Twitter on Draft Day and enjoy unprecedented coverage as the Warriors will be live tweeting from inside the team's war room. Follow at Warriors and receive up-to-the-second inside information as the Warriors make their selections. You can also follow me at Warriors Vox, Warriors V-O-X on draft day, as we'll be continuing to keep you updated as to what's happening in the NBA draft. And to help us, as always, at this time, we bring in a guy who's been covering the uh, draft for decades, and that is uh, Chris Monter of... Uh, collegebasketballnews.scott.com. And, uh, Chris, first of all, it, it's, it's always an exciting time of the year. Every, you know, if you're an NBA fan, a basketball fan at all, uh, you get fired up for the NBA draft because there's so much speculation and so much information out there now that, you know, player workouts are scrutinized and, and reviewed. Uh, it, it's just a great time of the year to be a basketball fan. Yeah, definitely. And I think this year you have a lot more recognizable names than maybe we've had in the past. You, know, you look at Kentucky, possibly all five of their starters could go in the first round. Even their six-man Darius Miller you know, probably goes in the second round. North Carolina, which had an outstanding season, uh, they have four guys that probably will go in the lottery. Ohio State, Syracuse, a lot of teams, Kansas, you know, a lot of recognizable teams and names that you're going to see in the draft. And again, even if you're a, a bad team, you at least have maybe some reason for optimism. So I think you're right. It is a time where some of the teams that have struggled hope to get better on June 28th. How do you see the draft? Obviously, with, with uh, Anthony Davis at the top, he is without question you know, a player that people call special, a franchise-type changer. But after him, there's a really big plateau, it seems like, that kind of goes almost through the entire lottery. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's a very deep draft because you do have a lot of talent in this year's draft, but the question is how many of these players are all-stars? You look at the draft you know, several years ago where you had you know, players like Durant and Love and Westbrook, you know, a lot of talent, and, and you know, um, Derek Rose was the number one overall pick. You have a lot of players that were very special in that draft, but other drafts, you know, you had last year Kyrie Irving was the number one pick. You know, Derek Williams was the number two pick from Minnesota. You know, Cantor was the third pick. You know, Tristan Thompson was the fourth pick. You know, not a lot of immediate help for those teams besides the top pick. So I think this is probably a little deeper draft than last year. In fact, I think there are a lot of players who will go in the second round who end up making teams, and I think there will actually be some very good undrafted players who will make the league, I think partly because there's some good talent, but also maybe teams – Finally, and I've always wondered why they don't realize that the draft's like a pretty cheap way to add talent. You're basically paying these players pretty much nothing. And I was surprised that teams want to pay their you know, 12th, 13th, 14th man you know, millions of dollars when you can play a guy you know, 500 grand to, to sit on the bench and look good in a suit just as easily. So I think this is actually a pretty good draft. But you're right. I think the big question mark is what happens with that number two pick because Anthony Davis has been the clear-cut choice for number one. You know, Charlotte's doing their due diligence you know, working out basically everybody they can. Uh, but you're right. I think that number two pick will be a very crucial pick because that will definitely dictate what happens with the next several selections for teams like Washington and, and Cleveland and others. We're talking with Chris Monter. And, uh, Chris, at number seven, uh, I've seen in various mock drafts, including the one we're doing on Warriors.com, a variety of different picks there. Who do you expect to be on the board on the Warriors pick at number seven? Well, again, I think there is a lot of questions what happened to those picks before. You know, there's always seems like there's always a player that slide, and obviously one player that had been mentioned maybe a little bit for the Warriors was Jared Sullinger, but he's a player because of concerns about his back. He maybe slides a little bit in the strap. But I think Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Bradley Beal probably are off the board by that 
that pick. I think those players could go 2-3. You know, Thomas Robinson is another player I think is off the board. So then you're looking at players like Andre Drummond, possibly Harrison Barnes, uh, being in that mix. I think those are players you definitely have to look at. I think Perry Jones out of uh, uh, Baylor, Terrence Jones out of Kentucky would be in the mix. Uh, I think uh, the Syracuse guard, Deion Watt, is, is another uh player, uh, Lillard, the point guard from uh, Weber State. So I think they have a lot of ways of going. Obviously, the trade that they made last year, getting Bogut, getting a little bit bigger, I think that was something that they wanted to do. But you know, they definitely have some ways they can go. I think this is actually a pretty deep draft at the power forward and the forward positions. The point guard's a little bit thin. Shooting guard's just okay. So I think there's going to be some big men available, and I think that's more than likely the way they go. But obviously, those picks two through six will really dictate who's still on the board at seven. But I definitely think the Warriors can feel pretty good about getting a, a player that can definitely contribute. But the question is, with a young team, you know, maybe you can make a, a move and maybe get a veteran type player, maybe also maybe trade up, maybe possibly even trade down in this draft as well. Damian Lillard from Weber State is an Oakland product. Uh, what do you like about him? Well, he's more of a scoring point guard than a true point guard. I think Kendall Marshall, if you wanted to, that true point guard, is maybe the player you like a little bit better. But I think Lillard you did a good job. In Chicago and the, the physical testing, you know, the question sometimes you talk to NBA people is they're not always super excited about local guys unless they're the clear-cut number one because unfortunately what happens a lot of times is fans want to see the local player even though he maybe isn't ready. And I think sometimes there's a lot of pressure, you know, tickets, getting tickets for friends and family, and, and sometimes that's not always a great thing. But I think he's a player, you know, who I don't think would be bothered by it as much. You know, he wasn't a big-time recruit, played for a – Oakland Rebels AAU team that was kind of a under the the radar type AAU program ended up at Weber State. Big Sky isn't exactly you know the ACC or Pac-10 or Big 12, so I don't know if that would be as big a factor. But you're, you're right; he's a player that definitely has to be in the mix, uh, especially if you have some questions about Curry about his ankles and how healthy he's going to be. So I think he's a player who's in the mix. I think Portland, which has two picks in the lottery. Some talk about him possibly going there as well with the maybe the more likely not the sixth pick but the eleventh pick. But I think he's definitely you know a player that they would maybe consider if some of the players that they liked at six were gone. Well, you mentioned uh, Lillard's AAU coach, our own R.C. Davis, spoke with Raymond Young, and you can uh, hear that interview on Warriors.com. Raymond Young was the AAU coach for uh, Lillard in Oakland, so you can check that out at Warriors.com where they're continuing a draft coverage. And Chris Monter is with us. And, Chris, uh, always uh, great to talk with you about the draft. And I noticed on collegebasketballnews.com you mentioned the uh, point guard uh, prospects recently. And uh, you had Marquise Teague in there. And I had a chance to talk to him uh, when he came in for his workout in Oakland. He's the brother of Jeff Teague. He's kind of an intriguing guy. Do you see him going uh, mid-first round? Yeah, I think maybe a little bit later in the first round. I know some people think Indian. Indianapolis would be a great place for him to, to land. He's a, a kid who's from that area, as you mentioned. His brother plays for the Atlanta Hawks. He definitely has that pedigree. You know, he's a player who I thought played well in the NCAA tournament. To be honest, maybe another year maybe would have helped him. I think, you know, this is a pretty deep draft because of so many players coming out. In fact, I vote for the Wooden Award of the final 15 on that list. 13 of those players are in this draft. So, again, I think it's a pretty deep draft where I think you look at next year's draft, you know, if you're projecting a little bit early, you know, the 2013 draft doesn't look to be real strong. So I think he's a player who maybe could have gone a little higher if he stayed in for one more year. But, you know, winning a national title, seeing all his other teammates, especially a lot of the young players like Tig Gilchrist, like Anthony Davis, you know, make the jump to the NBA. I think maybe he just figured, I've done everything I can. I won to win a title. I won a title. Now's the time to jump. But you're right. He's a very skilled player has pretty decent size at six two. You'd like to maybe see him be a little bit stronger. I think that's the one knock on him a little bit. But can he be a little bit more of a consistent offensive player to uh you know make teams really respect the outside shot? That's another concern. Again, I don't think it's a real strong draft at the point guard spot. I think the two players we talked about, Lillard and Marshall probably I think Lillard definitely goes in the lottery. I think Marshall maybe goes in the late part of the lottery. I think after that there is a drop off. Well I see him maybe a little bit more of a later first round pick. You know, the Pacers pick twenty six, I think they'd be you know, a lot of fans clamoring for him to be a, a local pick, uh, possibly there. But I definitely think he's definitely a first-round pick. So the Warriors have three picks, Chris, from 30 to 52. Who are some of the names that you would think would be intriguing with those selections? Well, yeah, I think, you know, the 30th pick, you know, some teams aren't real crazy about those picks because you have to give them guaranteed money. But I think a lot of times those picks, you know, turn out to be pretty good selections if you find the right guy. I know I saw uh, Chad Ford is a good buddy of mine had uh, Jeff Taylor from Vanderbilt, which I think would be a great pick. He's an outstanding athlete. 
can play a couple different positions, has good size, really has worked hard to improve his outside shot throughout his career. So I think he'd be a player that makes some sense. I think you look at other players, uh, the player who I saw on that mock draft being picked right ahead of him was John Jenkins, who's his college teammate at Vanderbilt. So I think those are two players who played at a very high level. Vanderbilt was an outstanding team. Uh, in the SEC, so I think those are some players you can look at. Obviously, in the second round, you know it's a little bit of a crapshoot. You look, even if you look back, say at the 2009 NBA draft, only about half of the players who were picked in the second round of those 30 players, only about half those players even make the league. So you kind of gamble. But again, second rounders, as Warrior fans know, you can find a, some good, very good players: Gilbert Arenas, Carlos Boozer, Ginobili, you know Michael Red, who had an outstanding career before Monte, Ellis. Yeah. Uh, we're all second-round picks, and obviously could go a lot of players, even undrafted. Brad Miller, you know, playing the NBA All-Star game. Ben Wallace was one of the best rebounders, shot blockers, defensive players uh, in recent memory. He was an undrafted player. You know, David Wesley. So you have some players who have had long NBA careers who went undrafted. But again, you know, size is always seems like it's a premium, especially in the second round. If you're going to make a mistake, you might as well go big. Uh, this isn't a real strong class for foreign players. I expect to see a lot more American players picked just because I think it's a deep American draft. And you've kind of actually seen the number of foreign players kind of drop off. In fact, of the second-round picks, I think I saw someplace somebody wrote, of the 26 second-round picks over the last you know five, six years, only seven of those players have even played a minute in the NBA. So I think teams are finally realizing you can add pretty cheap talent via the draft, especially if you're just looking for somebody that can be a role player on a team. So I expect a lot more recognizable names. And again, you know, that 50-second pick could definitely be somebody who could at least be a solid rotation player for next season. Talking with Chris Monter of collegebasketballnews.scout.com. And, Chris, uh, if you have a couple of sleepers, guys that uh, maybe aren't getting the type of pub that maybe they deserve and maybe picked higher than what people think, who would those p- players be? I think Royce White's a player. He's a local kid, so I kind of stick up for him a little bit. Uh, my dealings with him always have been really positive, but I know he's had some negative things uh, when he was at Minnesota. Transferred to Iowa State. He had some anxiety issues there. Doesn't really love flying, so I think that's something you know, teams are going to have to look at. Uh, but he's a very talented player, has great strength, needs to improve his outside shot, but really handles the ball very well for a 6'8", mm-hmm. you know, 270-pound player. I think he's a player who will probably go in the late teens, early 20s, but I think he has a chance to be a very successful player because he, you know, really knows how to play the game. And again, if he can work on some of the off the court issues, uh, we talked about Selinger a little bit. You know, he was a player I thought probably could go in the top ten. Now, you know, you wonder where he slides. I think you know maybe goes in the teens or maybe even could go in the early twenties. But I think he's a player, and we've talked about this before uh, in the past. You know, players who had the medical red flags out. I'm based out of Minnesota, as you know. A couple of years ago, they took Brandon Roy, traded him because of so many questions about his knee in the draft day deal, and got Randy Foy. Uh, obviously, Brandon Roy has had more injuries, and it's now looks like he's going to try and make a comeback. But you know, Roy was a very good player for a while in the league. You know, Minnesota took Pooh Richardson because they were so concerned about Tim Hardaway's knee. Of course, Hardaway you know, was a, a standout, a longtime standout with the, the Warriors. I remember uh, Dewan Blair a couple of years ago coming out of pit. A lot of people questioned him because he basically has no ACL in either knee, but yet he's been a very good player. So again, there's a risk with Selinger because of some of the questions about uh, about his bulging disc in his back, and he needs to probably get in a little better shape. But I think if he can drop some weight, we saw Kevin Love do that, you know, drop about 25 pounds, and it made him even a better player. I think if Selinger can do that, you know, that will help him being able to finish inside. And that was a problem he had, especially against Kansas in the NCAA tournament. I think Selinger is a player who will go a little bit lower but again, I, I think he's a winner. You know, he led Ohio State to a, a Final Four, a Sweet 16, won a couple state titles with uh, Columbus Northland. I saw him as an AU player with all Ohio Red. They won the Big Boo Williams and AU National. So he's a winner. And I think if he can work on some of those things, maybe work on his flexibility a little bit more, I think he's a player who you're maybe going to get much later than you might have got, say, a week or two ago because of all the medical medical concerns that he has. Warriors brought in an intriguing player, a 6'7 guy from uh, Prague in the Czech Republic named Tomas Sadoransky. Where do you see him going? Yeah, I think he's another player who's very intriguing. He was actually supposed to do a group workout in Minnesota where they had basically almost every NBA team flew in. I was actually kind of hoping they get a chance to see him, but he didn't come. But he's a player, and again, you know, you look at the NBA, it's become much more of a global game. You look, you know, players like Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki, Ginobili, Tony Parker. You know, every team is had great, you know, at least some success drafting foreign players. And obviously certain teams like Oklahoma City and San Antonio have really 
capitalized on that. So I definitely think he's a player because of the skill level, very good shooter, most of the Euros are. But I think he's a player who can play a couple different positions. I think he probably goes a little bit later in that first round, but he's definitely one of the few players of foreign nationality that I think really figured to go in the first round. The other would be Evan Fournay out of France. I think those are probably the two guys you're going to hear in the first round that aren't recognizable college names, but really besides uh, Lillard, who obviously a lot of your uh, listeners know because he's an Oakland kid, most of these players we're talking about you know, played you know, at a high level or played at a major conference, so a lot of recognizable names even in the late part of the first round or second round. Chris, when and you uh, survey this particular draft and you look at the, the teams in the NBA, is it, is it different now than, say, it was, say, 10, 15 years ago? Are teams approaching things differently now? Well, obviously there's been several changes really in the draft, really since I started covering about 20 years ago. One was the foreign players. You know, you saw uh, – Certain teams, I remember talking to them, you know, years ago, they wouldn't take a foreign player, but then I think they realized, hey, other teams are doing it. We have to do it. But then you saw a period where teams kind of made mistakes. You know, Darko Milicic was the second overall pick ahead of Carmelo Anthony, ahead of Dwayne Wade. Uh, you saw, you know, other players, you know, Nicholas Skidditch-Billy was a top five pick for Denver. Fran Vasquez was the 12th pick from the Orlando Magic. He's never played a minute in the league. You know, you had other players who never panned out. So that kind of went away a little bit, although – you know, teams, I think, are spending more research and doing their homework a little more. Then, of course, you had the high school period where you had, you know, Kevin Garnett was the, a high pick in 1995. There hadn't been a high school player for over 20 years. Then you had a run where you had, you know, players like Kobe Bryant, uh, Dwight Howard, Jermaine O'Neal, you know, LeBron. You had a lot of great players, uh, but there were also, of course, some, some players that didn't make it or didn't have the careers that people thought, you know, Robert Swiss, Sebastian Telfair. So, then that rule changed where high school players couldn't come out. So I think there have been some changes, uh, good and bad. I'm not really a big fan of the one-and-done rule. I would rather have said, if you're good enough to come out, and again, I look at Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, it would be crazy to say, hey, you have to go to college for one year. I would rather say you can come out out of high school if you want, but if you go to college, you should maybe have to be there two years. I think that's pretty fair. In NFL, you have to skate for three years in baseball, if you go from high school to college, you can't be drafted into your junior. I think those are that would be a good compromise. I think it would still help the NBA game, but help the college game because you're seeing so many players basically just go to school for one semester, and then if you know you're coming out, you really don't even have to go to school that second semester because you're going to turn pro right after the season anyway. So I think there's definitely been some changes in the draft. Uh, I always, like I said before, I'm always surprised that teams basically – you know, give away or sell picks. I always just think this is a cheap alternative to add talent. And if you do your homework, you, know, you can get some good players, even in the second round or undrafted players. So I'm always surprised that teams look at picks as basically nothing. But uh, I think, you know, now with the, the salary cap and the luxury tax being a little bit more stricter, I think you'll see more second rounders and more undrafted guys make the league than ever next year. It's interesting. Uh, you, know, you mentioned about the one and done, and we talked a little bit about Kentucky. Uh, tell me about the, the kids coming out from North Carolina this year and, and some intriguing guys that will go in the first round. Yeah, I mean, they got four guys that probably go in the first round. Harrison Barnes probably goes number four, maybe to Cleveland. He's very close to Kyrie Irving. They share the same agent. They're both former McDonald Americans from the, that same group, played a lot of AE tournaments together. I think he goes, in the, say, in that four range. I think you look at John Henson, very thin, but a good shot, locker, long athletic player, probably figures going in the top ten. Tyler Zeller, we talked about all these underclassmen. Tyler Zeller is one of the few seniors that will go high in this draft. But, you know, seventh quarter runs the floor. We see big men, you know, uh, being important in the league, but still on certain teams, you know, Miami doesn't really have a great center. There's a lot of teams that really don't get a lot of play out of their middle. But if you're a good big man, you can play forever. And you're looking, you know, Shaq played into his 40s. You have a lot of big men that are playing forever. So I think he's a player who can have, you know, a 12, 13 year career. Kendall Marshall, I think, is probably the best your point guard in the draft, you know, outstanding passer. And I was telling you before, off air, you know, I played basketball at my local pickup place. And, you know, anybody who passes, I love playing on that team. And I love teams that pass the ball, even if it's just a pickup game. And I think he's the type of player teams are really going to respond to, kind of like a Ricky Rubio. I don't think he's quite as flashy as Rubio, but Rubio here in Minnesota got fans excited, got his teammates excited because they knew if they got open, they were going to get the ball. And Marshall's kind of that same point guard wants to pass. He needs to be a little bit more consistent as an offensive player to you know, make teams respect the outside shot. But I think he's going to be a very talented player because he likes to pass, and you know, NBA players like to shoot. So if you have somebody who's going to get you the ball, teams are going to love that. John Hanson's a kid that, you know, in talking to him, 
He's mentioned that he's added like 35 pounds in, from the time he arrived at Carolina to the time right now. Is he going to be big enough, do you think, to to, uh, to play well in the NBA? Well, I think, you know, he's never going to be, you know, 250 pounds. You know, he's still probably about 220. So he still needs to get a little bit stronger. But you're right. Uh, you know, he's long and athletic, and I think that's the one thing you see a lot of players with that long, you know, Kevin Garnett, long, lean, athletic frame. You'd like to think that once you get in the NBA and, you know, basketball is pretty much your life. You know, it's a, basically a job. You know, you have people that can work with you, player developmental people, little big men coaches and things like that, you know, training people. So he can definitely spend more time. You know, if he can get up to 230, that's probably maybe about the max he'll ever get just because I think his shoulder frame and, and things like that, I don't know how much more weight he can put on. But, you know, in the NBA, it's a very physical game. We see that in the postseason especially and with the pushing and the fouls and things like that. So if he gets stronger, that can only help him become a better player. And Chris, do you expect it to be a, a very active draft? And I say active uh, in terms of, of trades. Do you think because of the, of the fact that the, it is a balanced draft for a while after uh, the first overall selection, would you expect there to be a movement from, from teams, even just to get up a spot or two to make sure they get the guy they want at, at that level? Yeah, I think somewhat. I, uh, you're right. I think you know there is a feeling that, hey, there are a lot of great players in this draft. Again, I think it's a good draft. I think it's a deep draft. But there probably aren't that many players that teams say, hey, we definitely have to get this player. I think the feeling is that, if you, especially after the top pick, you know, that picks two through ten are, are fairly even. I think, you know, teams that have multiple picks, I always kind of look at, you know, Portland has the sixth and eleventh pick. So I think they're a team, you know, that can maybe package those picks, maybe move up, maybe get a veteran with one of those picks. Uh, I think you look at other teams, you know, because it's not a great free agent crop, you know, maybe try and do something to maybe get help. You know, Boston has back-to-back picks, 21 and 22. Their team, you know, it's a little bit older. So do they want two young players or do they want to package those players? You know, Golden State, we talked about them. You know, could, could they use a veteran player rather than another young player? There's certain teams, you know, like even Charlotte, you look at them, you know, they're such a young team. They obviously struggled a lot this year, 7 and 59. You know, just adding another young player, does that really help them? You know, uh, your fans, you know, want to see a winning product. And, and sometimes you don't want to give up on a rebuilding thing just to appease fans. But, you know, it's part of the business as well. you got to do things that are going to get fans to want to come out to watch your team play. So I think you'll see some trades, probably maybe not quite as many as we've seen in the past, just because I think it's a, a balanced draft. But I definitely look at, you know, teams like Cleveland, Boston, you know, Portland, teams with multiple picks, I think would probably be the most active shoppers coming up on next Thursday. As always, my thanks, Chris, and, and to give people an idea where they can uh, find you on the web and whether they can get updated on the draft. Sure, they can check out the website, collegebasketballnews.com. I'll be updating some stuff pretty much all the time leading up to the draft. They can also check me out at Twitter. If there are Twitter people, College BB News. You can also subscribe to the Monodraft News by simply calling 1-800-NBA-DRAFT. Well, the first time I interviewed Chris Monter about the NBA draft, I think it was on a mimeographed sheet that he sent out that I got in the mail, which gave me his rundown of the draft. And now, of course, Chris Monter has moved on to collegebasketballnews.scout.com. He is an expert on the NBA draft, and as always, we thank him for his time. I, Tim Roy, will wrap up our draft preview show, and we continue on KBR 680, the sports leader. With the seventh pick in the 2009 NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select Stephen Curry from Davidson College. We now continue with more of the Warriors Roundtable Draft Preview. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. Going to wrap up our show tonight, our draft preview show. Plenty of people to thank, including our producer, uh, R.C. Davis, David Feldhouse at the controls. My thanks to Warriors guard uh, Steph Curry, center Andrew Bogut, Chris Monter of collegebasketballnews.scout.com for his insight into the NBA draft. And thanking those who helped us with our 2012 NBA mock draft, the voice of the New Orleans Hornets, Sean Kelly, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer, Washington Post columnist Mike Wise, Akron Beacon Journal reporter Jason Lloyd, NBA.com columnist Scott Howard Cooper, the voice of the Portland Trailblazers, Brian Wheeler, and, of course, Tom Tolbert 
from right here at KMBR 680, the sports leader. We're one week away from the 2012 NBA Draft. The upcoming broadcast brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort. We will have our Warriors Draft show next to Thursday night, but we're going to be on KMBR 1050 that night. That's right, KMBR 1050. Our coverage will start immediately after the 2012 NBA Draft Show on ESPN. As soon as they leave the air, we come on with your reaction to what the Warriors will do in the 2012 NBA Draft. I'm Tim Roy, and stay tuned. ESPN Radio is up next. Golden State Warriors basketball. With the seventh pick in the NBA Draft, the Golden State Warriors select... KNBR 1050 presents one week from tonight, June 28th, immediately following the final pick of the 2012 NBA Draft, the Warriors Roundtable Draft Special with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy, on KNBR 1050. Brought to you by Cash Creek Casino Resort.